Good morning. It's time to get up with huge news in the quarterback carousel as Derek Carr rolls into New York. Are the Jets actually better off with him instead of Aaron Rodgers? Plus, it's tag time. The clock is about to start ticking on Lamar and the Ravens. Could this negotiation end in divorce? And sneaky big news concerning Daniel Jones, what he did yesterday that could have major implications on his future with the Giants. Hey, good Monday morning, everyone. Welcome to Get Up. Yeah, yeah. Brian Custer in for Greeny, and we got my guys here. We got Mike T here, my man Damian Woody, Big Woods here, and Jeff Darlington. And you know he got skills. Look at him. He's got skills. Hey, guys, let's get to the game of the night, and it was the all-star game featuring Team Giannis taking on Team LeBron. And you know defense was at a premium last night because they were just scoring. Uh, we got picked this game up early in the first quarter, and it was LeBron. Look at this off the backboard to himself. Another look at this. Now, LeBron had an early night, just 13 points. More on that in just a moment. But Jason Tatum said, whatever you can do, I can do better. He throws it down. It was a big night for Jason Tatum as well. Let's go to the second quarter. Spicy P. Pascal Siakam going in for the layup. LeBron going for the block. But take a closer look here. He gets his finger actually caught there in the rim. He would leave the game. Only had 13, but later said the finger's going to be okay. Team Giannis led 99-92 at the half. In the third quarter, Jason Tatum. Look at this from the logo. Cash. He was 10 of 18 from distance. 27 points in the third quarter alone. Team Giannis was up six. And then the three-point champ, Damian Lillard, from just across half court. He had 26. Eight of 20 from the field. Luka was like, come on, man. And then Jalen Brown to his teammate. He's like, nah, JT, you're too small, bro. Too small. But Tatum had the last laugh. 22 of 31 from distance, finished with an all-star game record, 55, 10 rebounds, 6 dimes. Team Giannis wins, 84-175. Here he is with Malika Andrews. When did you know that this was going to be a history-making night? Uh, I really didn't know. I didn't know what the record was. And uh, some way mid through the fourth quarter, Dame was like, yo, you know, the record is 52. I had like 49. And then I was like, it kind of hit me like, you know, breaking history in the moment is a cool thing. All right, so with Giannis only playing just basically one minute in the game, Tatum stepped up for Team LeBron with 55 points. But what a big night. Tatum now the first player in NBA history with a 50-point performance in a regular season game, a playoff game, and now all-star game. And just for kicks, he also scored 50 in the play-in tournament game as well. All right, let's get to football news now and the big news. The Jets search for a veteran quarterback this offseason. Now, the team met with former Raiders QB Derek Carr over the weekend. Carr, Packers QB Aaron Rodgers are thought to be atop the Jets offseason wish list. So, Jeff, I'll start with you. What's the latest? Where do we stand with the Jets and Derek Carr? Well, I would describe the visit between Derek Carr and the Jets as very positive. I think that this is a team that believes that Derek Carr can lead them to a championship. They feel like he is a great player. Now, here's the thing. We've got some tough conversations that are going to have to happen in New York as a result of this visit because the team is still intrigued by the thought of adding Aaron Rodgers. Now, Rodgers, of course, still not released or 
even really had the discussions with the Packers about whether he wants to be traded. So the Jets right now face a really interesting predicament. Do you go hard after Derek Carr? Do you sign him to a contract uh, or do you try to wait this thing out a little bit to find out what Rodgers and the Packers are going to do? Obviously, a big risk here. A burden hand is worth something. It might be worth Derek Carr right now. Ultimately, though, some hard conversations that are going to have to happen in Florham Park regarding whether to go after Carr now or wait on Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, it, it really is. It's an interesting decision that the Jets have to make. Mike T, I'll go to you from someone who pulled off a big trade with a, a former uh, a Packer QB who vacillated from year to year on whether or not he's going to play. What do you think? What do you think about the Jets' decision when it comes to Carr, Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, Brian, I think the situation is a little bit different. I would go after Derek Carr because right now your alternative isn't very good. In our situation, we had Chad Pennington, who was a really good, solid NFL quarterback. We thought Brett Favre gave us a chance for greatness. But in this situation, I would not rely on the unreliable of Aaron Rodgers. It's just too many questions. And if he plays this year, what about next year? So I'm not interested in giving up the 13th pick for uncertainty. So I would definitely pursue Derek Carr. Now, with that said, guys, he didn't play very well last year. 28th in completion percentage, 27th in interceptions. So I don't think he's great, but boy, he's better than what they've had. What do you think, Big one? Yeah, listen, I agree with Mike T in this situation. And I, I know I've been a guy here that's been kind of, uh, you know, kind of slamming the table for Aaron Rodgers. But when you look at the, when you look at the Jets situation, it's not like the Jets don't have holes on their roster, particularly on the offensive line. What good, what good is it to trade for Aaron Rodgers if your offensive line is a mess? I think the biggest part of this situation is the draft compensation. You're going to have to give up draft compensation to go get Aaron Rodgers when you have, as opposed to Derek Carr, who's a free agent that you can sign right here, right now, without giving up anything, and you can still improve on your roster. I think Derek Carr is a guy that, although Mike T is correct in saying that, you know, this past season was a down year for him, I think if you look over his overall body of work, particularly like the last three or four years, he's been a very good quarterback. I think you add that with, along with the Jets adding more pieces, particularly on the offensive line, I think that's the better way to go than going out there and, and trading for Aaron Rodgers and giving up draft conversation. Brian, Brian, this guy, it's always going to be about the O-line. It, it, it is. Oh, about, no, 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 it's man. always about the offensive line. It, it, it is always about the big studs up front. All right, Jeff, so this is Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. And then if you're the Jets, it is a predicament because it's like, do you go get Darren Carr and try to get him right now, or do you wait to see what Aaron Rodgers is going to do? And if that's the case – you may, have, you may be in a situation where you upset Derek Carr, where he's like, I'm not going to sit around and wait and see what you guys are right. going to do with Aaron Rodgers, right? Derek Carr's immediate availability being released by the Raiders throws a wrench into this entire thing between Aaron Rodgers and the Packers because, really, they would have thought that they had plenty of time. March 15th is the date that that trade window actually even opens. Uh, but now, suddenly, because Carr is available, Rodgers and the Packers – maybe have more urgency than they would have originally. Now they could sit there and say, you know what, it's Aaron Rodgers and we're the Packers and, and we'll do this under our own timeline. But ultimately, if they do decide that they're going to trade Aaron Rodgers, they want to have a market that is flush with teams willing to give compensation. If they lose the Jets by the Jets signing Derek Carr, suddenly that's one important team off the table. And that's where this becomes a little bit of a deadline for the Packers. Suddenly, maybe there's some urgency there for them to figure this out. Now, do we have a timetable? No, we don't. You know, we, we joke about Aaron Rodgers and the darkness retreat that he, he apparently is going through. 
But that was never something where Aaron Rodgers was going to emerge from it like smoke from the Vatican and announce what he wanted to do. That's not what that was about. So the timetable was still going to take maybe days or weeks before the Packers and Rodgers got on the same page. Suddenly, at least from my perspective, it feels like that all has to get moved up. Quarterback play is at a premium for the Jets. When you look at, you go back to 2010, they've had nothing but young guys, Mark Sanchez, Zach Wilson, Sam Darnold, but they've had the fewest touchdown passes and the most interceptions in the league since 2010. They got to get it right when it comes to quarterback play. And I know you're going to have to give up a lot. It is Aaron Rodgers. But I think Derek Carr would probably be the wisest play right now, Big Wood, if, it, if, if I'm in that position. Yeah, again, uh, listen, for me, it goes back to the, this, this roster of the Jets still have holes in it. So why give up draft compensation? Yes, Aaron Rodgers is a better quarterback, but what good is it? What, what good is the quarterback if he's running for his life behind a, a shaky offensive line? So I'd rather keep the assets, add to the offensive line, and still get a viable quarterback in Derrick Carr. You know what? It is an enormous week in the NFL because the franchise tag window well, opens up tomorrow. And the clock will start ticking on the Ravens to strike a deal with Lamar Jackson. Now, the tag period begins on Tuesday, and Baltimore will have two weeks to either sign Jackson to a long-term deal or slap that franchise tag. And, Jeff, I got to come back to you again here. Give us the very latest on Lamar Jackson in Baltimore. Well, it stands to reason that the Baltimore Ravens will place one of the two tags on him, the exclusive franchise tag or the non-exclusive. Now, I know the average football fan saying, what are the difference between those two? The exclusive franchise tag, you can look right here, ultimately – provides teams with the ability to negotiate without the concern of other teams stepping in. The non-exclusive tag, if you were to place that on a player, a team could step in, put in what's called an offer sheet, essentially say, we're going to take that guy and we're going to give you two first-round picks to do it. Now, in this case, you do have to pay more if you put the non-exclusive tag, or I'm sorry, the exclusive tag on the player. And for Lamar Jackson, that might be worthwhile. I'm going to explain why. It would make sense that Lamar Jackson probably isn't going to actually play on the franchise tag. He'd probably either hold out, demand to be traded if they can't reach that long-term extension. If they re reach the long-term extension, it doesn't matter anyway. So I'll be very interested to see what tag the Ravens ultimately do likely place on Lamar Jackson. It probably will go a long way in indicating maybe how close they are on their negotiation and how strongly they feel that Lamar Jackson will be in a Ravens uniform. Mike T, I, I see you shaking your head about, about this. G give me your concerns. Well, I think they'll certainly franchise Lamar Jackson. I think it'll be the traditional tag of $32 million. And what's really interesting to me, guys, is I think this is the year that a team could go after Lamar Jackson. And I think it's a team like Atlanta who has some really good young players, be it um, Kyle Pitts, Drake London, and now all of a sudden you add him. You know, they were in the Deshaun Watson conversation. It changes your franchise forever. He's 26 years old. So I think this is a really interesting situation. I don't think the Ravens are going to spend another $12 million to go the exclusive route, which is, you know, obviously an option. So I think this is fascinating. Of all the dynamics we're talking about here, look, Aaron Rodgers is always going to bring intrigue. But Lamar Jackson, given the supply and demand of the quarterback position, to me, in talking to people around the league, this is the year that maybe he moves for those two ones. But, but you said also when we were talking in our pre-meeting – Here's the thing when it comes to holding out, the dangerous situation for Baltimore. 
because you have this new OC. Yeah. You need him in camp. Yeah, Brian, it's a great point. It's literally learning a new language. So Todd Munkin's their new general manager, and Dwood knows this from a player perspective. You're literally learning a new language. And if they trot out in the spring and OTAs and minicamps, and there's no Lamar Jackson there, it's just eviscerating Todd Munkin's new credibility. He's trying to establish himself. So to me, it's sneaky big news that they have a new OC and they franchise Lamar because when he doesn't show up for all spring and all the summer, it's really hard to establish a new coordinator. Jeff, I know you wanted to jump in real quick. I, yeah, I'm just interested because I, Mike T is saying that he thinks that they should put the non-exclusive tag on him that would allow a team to come in, spend two first-round picks. But I'm looking at precedent right now. Deshaun Watson's deal, that trade that in, occurred there, it was three first-round picks. It was 22, 23, and 24 first-round picks in addition to other compensation. I think it's actually – I think he's worth more than two first-round picks. And that's why the Ravens, if they place – not to go two in the weeds here. If they place the exclusive tag on him, they could do a sign-and-trade and get even more for Lamar Jackson than two first-round picks. That's why I know I know this is, like, exclusive, non-exclusive. Maybe fans don't care, but I really think that you put the exclusive – you're now in the driver's seat as the Ravens, and you could get even more than maybe the Houston Texans gave up to get to give uh, Deshaun Jackson or Deshaun Watson to the Browns. Right. D- just to clarify, though, the, the downside to Jeff's suggestion, though, is now you're on the hook for at least 10 to $12 million more, and if no one does that, now you're spending 42 to $44 million on a one-year deal. Mm. Where do you take on all this? Yeah, I mean, let's not go back to, you know, you know Mike brought up the Atlanta Falcons. We know that owner Arthur Blank, he was in on the Deshaun Watson thing. Like they were, he had a trade in place for Deshaun Watson before Cleveland stepped up their offer in that situation. So we know the Atlanta Falcons desperately want a quarterback down in that situation. I think that's why so many people are looking at the Atlanta Falcons as a possible destination in, in this uh, in this scenario. It'll be interesting to see uh, what happens uh, tomorrow. All right, coming up. We got some giant news concerning free agent Daniel Jones. What he did yesterday, that could have major, and I'm talking major, implications on his future in New York. Plus, did you see what Kevin Durant said about his trade demand and Kyrie's too, that it's actually good for the NBA? We're going to talk about that coming up. You're watching Get Up. Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has 6 grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries. Well, the good news is, not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein, providing all all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut, or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Dell Tech Fest starts now. To thank you for 40 unforgettable years, Dell Technologies is celebrating with anniversary savings on their most popular tech. 
For a limited time only, save on select next-gen PCs like the XPS 13 Plus, where you can make the everyday easier with Windows 11. Unleash more possibilities with cutting-edge systems, their most advanced features, and great prices. Plus, curate your dream setup with deals on select monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at dell.com deals, you'll have access to state-of-the-art technology to match your forward-thinking spirit and free shipping on everything. Anniversary savings await you for a limited time only at dell.com slash deals that's dell.com slash deals passion drive and patience the formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back to Get Up. Time for a little fact or fiction. D. Wood. Um, Josh Allen needs another receiver threat on offense. Is that fact or fiction? That's a fact. Listen, we know about the dynamic duo Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. Those guys have been doing it now for a number of years. But what you saw, particularly late in the season, you saw – when Stephon Diggs didn't wasn't getting the numbers, there was a lot of boom or bust, you know, outside of the number one receiver with the Buffalo Bills. Gabe Davis, he's tremendous talent, but you don't see the consistency out of him at the number at the number two receiver spot. Mike T. Dolphin should give Tua long-term deal. And I'm talking right now, fact or fiction. Absolutely not. You just gotta know if he's gonna be able to play and get through a season. He's played 36 games, and look, when he's played, he's played at a really high level. But until you see him play in 17 games, presumably that would be at a high level. But you can't give long-term guaranteed commitment on a player that just hasn't been durable. Jeff, the 49ers don't have a quarterback right now who can lead them to a Super Bowl. Is that fact or is that fiction? Oh, don't be a hater. That's fiction. Brock Purdy, we're already, we're already forgetting about my guy, Mr. Irrelevant. Look, I would have loved to have seen what Brock Purdy could have done if he didn't have that UCL injury in that playoff game. I truly believe that under the guide of Kyle Shanahan, uh, he can be a championship quarterback. And by the way, we'll find out about Trey Lance. We still don't know enough about him either, but I have ultimate faith in Kyle Shanahan that he can lead any of these quarterbacks to a championship. By the way, we got some sneaky big news here concerning the Giants quarterback and upcoming free agent Daniel Jones. He has changed his agent. And the Giants plan to use the franchise tag on Jones if they can't negotiate a new contract with him by March 7th. So, Jeff, give us the latest. Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, their futures with the G-Men. Yeah, I had some good conversations last night with some sources in New York. And I want to explain this because, first and foremost, the team wants Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones back. And I think that's important. They would like to get both guys back without using the tag on either one. So they want to go through negotiations with each, reach long-term deals, and not put the tag on either. They also recognize, though, I wouldn't anticipate a tag being used this week. You mentioned that March 7th date. That's the deadline for teams to use these tags. 
And ultimately, they're going to continue to negotiate with Saquon and Daniel. Now, it was explained to me, you, said, you mentioned the agent change. Uh, that has nothing to do necessarily with the ongoing negotiations, but it does sort of set the clock back to zero on those talks. They will start those talks with Daniel Jones now. They have already begun talks with Saquon Barkley, although I am told there's still a gap there in where they need to get. So essentially, the Giants will spend this coming month talking to the reps of both guys, see where they can get, and then March 7th, they'll probably look at it and say, all right, which guy's taking the deal? Both of you can take the deals. One of you can take the deal, and we will tag the other. And suddenly, there's a little bit of a leverage game going on with the Giants, Saquon Barkley, and Daniel Jones. But it seems like in, in today's NFL, it, the precedent is all on the quarterback now, where in the past it was the running back. Now it's all about the QB. So, Mike T., if you had uh, Joe Schoen's role, the Giants GM, what would you do? Well, obviously you want to start with the quarterback, and I would try to get a shorter-term deal done, meaning two to three years. Look, he played really well. He's high character. He's the right size. But – we only have one year of production. So if we could get a deal done roughly around $100 million for three years, most of it not all guaranteed, that would be ideal. And then obviously you could come back and franchise Saquon Barkley, who's a running back, who you, obviously you want to keep as well. But it all starts with the quarterback. So I work really, really hard to get a long-term deal done. No way I have the tag in my back pocket at $32 million, but I'd rather use the tag on the running back. So this is priority in terms of getting the contract extension done, Brian. Woody, what would you do? I would probably run the, the, run the same type of route is I want to get the quarterback done. I'm not saying, you know, going out there and signing for five years, but I would like to get, I would like to get Daniel Jones done because I think Daniel Jones, we, we saw tremendous progress out of Daniel Jones this year. But I think as far as the, the uh, Saquon Barkley running back, listen, Saquon had a tremendous year last year, but we've seen what these running backs are doing in the league now, okay? A lot of these running backs – I don't know if it's smart business to pay running backs a long-term deal. I mean, you talk about Saquon Barkley being the number two overall pick a few years ago. I would probably go almost year to year with these running backs after the after the that deal is done. Just go year to year and just see how and just play from there. And doesn't it give you a little more wiggle room if you do put the franchise tag on Saquon? Yeah, I think D would nail it. I mean, you look at guys like Todd Gurley, David Johnson, even Christian McCaffrey after they signed an extension, Carolina traded him. So if you could go to year to year on the running back, that would be the better way to go. But if you can't get Daniel Jones done, you got to tag him, and that's where this becomes so interesting. Yeah, that would be interesting because yeah. you, even if you put the, the tag on Saquon now, even if you have to give a little bit more money to Daniel Jones, you still got that wiggle room there when it comes to negotiating. Yeah, and now you're killing two birds with one stone. So if you have to extend on one guy, it would be the quarterback. Yeah, absolutely. All right, coming up here, All-Star Weekend ends with really a big concern about one of the league's biggest stars. Why the entire league will be watching what happens with Giannis today. We'll explain that. And was LeBron doing some recruiting last night after the All-Star game? Did you hear what he had to say? Well, Brian Windhorse is here. He's going to tell you what he meant. That's next. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from $25 and under to $100 and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. 
Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. The stage is set, the team's selected, Team LeBron, Team Giannis, ready to go. Some call it pressure, but it's passion, simple and plain. Nice feed in the hometown kid. I take your city while you busy, stuck in your lane. Was that a message? Anything you can do, I can do better. Mitchell is cooking right now. Raining threes here, Mitchell and Tatum. 55 for Jason Tatum. A three-pointer can win it for Team Giannis. Lillard for the win. There you go. Team Giannis wins it tonight in Salt Lake City, Utah. Well, yesterday was the third All-Star meeting game between Team Giannis, Team LeBron. LeBron won the first two meetings in 2019 and 2020, but Giannis drafted the game MVP. Jason Tatum finally got his first win as the All-Star captain. To the NBA now, where Giannis played only 20 seconds of last night's All-Star game. Giannis had the first bucket of the game for his team and then just checked out. Why? Giannis suffered a wrist injury last Thursday against the Bulls. So, with that, let me bring in Vince Carter, Brian Windhorse. He joins us now on Get Up. All right, Wendy, give us the very latest here on Giannis's injury. Yeah, Giannis is flying to New York today to get this uh, injury and some imaging that he had done after that fall last week in Chicago checked out. Um, I don't think there's a fear that this is going to be an injury that's going to threaten his season, but there may be one of these situations that we often see where a player might have to decide whether to play through an injury or to give the injury rest. And we're in a little bit of a gray zone right now because we've got, you know, about 30 games left in the season. Um, You could rest it or you could try to play through it and then risk re-injuring it. In the case of the Bucs, They are red hot, Brian. They have won 12 consecutive games. They are right on the Celtics' heels to take over the number one seed. So what this doctor and what the uh, the advice uh, of the specialists comes out today could really impact the short-term future of the Eastern Conference. Yeah, keep in mind, you know, Giannis had been playing with some knee soreness as well. I had missed some games. So this wrist injury could be really something, something for us to keep our eyes on. Okay, he, he made mention of just how hot the Bucks have been, Vince. You know, how does this affect the Bucs? Mm-hmm. Because when you look at the Seas have the best record, not only in the NBA, but the Bucs are just a half game behind them. 
if this wrist injury becomes problematic, right. how does it affect the, the, the Bucks? Well, think about this. There, there's, uh, there's one other team you see right there in the standings who will be paying attention to what happens with Giannis and they're the 76ers uh, who are two and a half games or so out uh, from from moving into the second spot. So I, I think the Bucks will be okay. They, they you know, they, they have enough firepower. And like Wendy said, they've been hot and they understand how to win. Obviously, they're even better when you add a, a, a Giannis to the situation. But at the same time, I think they can hold the fort down. Will they still hold on to number two or eclipse and move to number one. I don't think so with Giannis, with the way the Boston Celtics are playing and the 76ers are playing great basketball, but they'll still be right in the hunt, right where they want to be. And I think they'll still have home court advantage whenever they get Giannis back. And then, of course, that sneaky big move with Jay Crowder. Let's see what happens with that, uh, bringing him into the fold as well. Now, listen, LeBron also made other news there at the All-Star game because he picked Kyrie Irving for his team uh, and LeBron, boy, he was just gushing about Kyrie uh, after the game. Take a listen. No, it's always great to team back up with Kyrie. Um, obviously, you guys know how I feel about him, both uh, on the court and off the court. So um, it's always good to see him. Uh, you know, I'm very proud of him. Very proud of the man that he's, uh, you know, becoming his life right now. And so, you know, All-Star Weekend is, is always great to get an opportunity to be around the guys that you watch play, that you admire play, that you compete against. But tonight was another uh, instance. All right, Wendy, you know LeBron better than anybody. Let's parse through those words. When LeBron talks, he talks for a meaning, for a reason here. Tell us why you think he was talking about Kyrie so much. Yeah, well, for the last seven or eight years, the LeBron-Kyrie relationship has run hot and cold, and it's always been hot uh, when there's free agency in the offing like there is this summer. Uh, it, LeBron has used his choices at, at All-Star uh, for his free agency primers for years now. In 2019, he famously drafted all players who were going to be free agents or who were going to demand trades to the Lakers like Anthony Davis. He definitely batted his eyes at Kyrie back then. He elected to go to Brooklyn. Now that Kyrie is headed for free agency again, the Lakers obviously tried to trade for him just a couple of weeks ago. LeBron is in full-on recruitment mode saying wonderful things about Kyrie. I'm not saying he doesn't feel that way. I'm just saying it's interesting the way turns on LeBron turns on the charm when there's a free agent decision for Kyrie in the short-term future. Vince, what do you think? Kyrie, LeBron, would they work in L.A. next season? Come on, Wendy. You know what he's doing. You've been around him long enough. LeBron is smart. He plays chess. He's always thinking ahead of everyone else. And, yes, he's setting the tone. He's getting his guys. Just like you mentioned before, he made sure he got Luka on his side because he wanted to bring him on to his brand and his shoes. So uh, LeBron is, is very smart, high basketball IQ, but he thinks the game as well. And I, I, he feels that it will work. He's been open about it like, hey, the, the two of them together, great things can happen when he has a Kyrie Irving on his team. So, yeah, I look for Kyrie to do his thing this year, play well, and look for a reunion next year. Somehow, right, so some way. I, I want you guys to take a listen to also Kevin Durant, who talked over All-Star Weekend. He was asked about the player movement in the NBA. Take a listen to what KD had to say. I don't think it's bad for the league. It's bringing more eyes to the league. More people are more excited. The tweets that I got and the news hits that we got from me being traded, Kyrie being traded, just bring more attention to the league. And that's really what makes you money is when you get more attention. So I think it's great for the league, to be honest. Teams been trading players and making acquisitions for a long time. Now when a player can 
kind of dictate where he wants to go and leaving free agency or demand a trade is just part of the game now. So I don't think it's a bad thing. It's bringing more and more excitement um, to the game. Okay, Vince, you heard him. He said it's bringing more excitement to the game. What do you think? The Brooklyn Nets are excited. I'll tell you that much. And I say that because they lost Kevin Durant and they got some great pieces back. Mikael Bridges is a budding superstar. No disrespect. But when you, you know, if, if you're a fan and you see a superstar like Kyrie Irving and KD leave your team, you want to get a superstar of some caliber to that level back. And they did not. And I understand where KD coming from as a player, as a player, you know, you, you just want to be happy. You want to find the right situation that works for you. But on the other side, for a person who is hoping to be a part of ownership group and in a management group one day, you know, you don't like it. As far as just like, hey, some, there's going to be tough times. You want guys to stick it out when times are tough. Now, if it's mutual, when you can send KD somewhere and you get great pieces back, okay, cool. But at this at this moment, it's just a tough situation. It kind of depends on how you look at this. But, you know, he did say it's just the way it is today. And he's right. It's the way things are today. You know, guys are, are uh, you know, demanding their trades whenever they want to for different situations, which is tough for management because it's like, okay, we have, we can't be tough on you when, you know, you're not performing or we need you to do what, or, or being responsible. And when guys had enough, they can move on. Wendy, what do you think? Is it good for the league? I think definitely it's good for the players. Um, I think the players have more agency than they've ever had before. And they're also getting paid uh, salaries that are more commensurate to the impact that they have. And so I think it's never been better to be a star player who has, uh, you know, control and power like that. I think it's debatable about whether it's good for the league. I mean, Kevin is definitely correct that a transaction definitely creates news, definitely creates social media engagement. But I think if you look at the ratings for the NBA over the last decade, it's debatable whether the star player movement and the super team effect has actually created positive momentum for the league. But I will say this. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar demanded a trade almost 50 years ago from the Bucks. It is, it, is not, it is not new under the sun. It is just more prevalent, and it is not going the other direction. Yeah, that's interesting because, Vince, how was it different? I remember when you were in Toronto, you requested a trade. How was it different compared to what we're seeing today? It's, it's, it's different. I mean, it just depends. I mean, when you're in situations where you feel like a team is trying to move on, uh, you know, want to have someone else in your locker room as a star, kind of the situation for me. Yeah, yeah. sometimes you just say, hey, okay, allow me to move on and I'll get out your way. Uh, you're, like, I think Wendy said it best. You don't see it as much. I mean, you didn't see it as much back then as you do now. Now it's kind of a, a common theme, whether it's to create a super team or just guys moving on because they're not happy. All right, I want you guys to take a look at some eye candy we got here from the NBA Slam Dunk Contest. Mac McClung completed some great dunks, including three perfect 50s en route to winning the Slam Dunk Contest. Okay, let's go to our Slam Dunk champ, Vince Carter. Give me your thoughts on Mac McClung and his performance. His performance was fantastic, is great. And one thing I love about Matt McClung is he wanted to be there. And that's important. He wanted to win this. That's important. And we say he saved it. Yes, he saved it because of his energy, because of his want to. He wanted to be a part of this and put his all into it. And that was one thing, I, that's one reason I, was, I enjoyed 
him and his what he wanted to do because I wanted to be a part of it. You could feel my energy and I could feel the energy back once I stepped into the arena and the same with him because he it just is a moment that meant something to him. So I, I, I think when you get guys that come in there and they are serious about the approach of, of winning the contest and wanting to be in, in, in it, you get these performances because they're gonna try to bring their best and put the best foot forward at, at, on every dunk. Wendy, they tell me I got 20 seconds. Did he save the dunk contest? I know Zion said he may think about doing it next year, but did Mac McClung save it this year? No, he didn't save it. I mean, congratulations to him. He's receiving a trophy from Julius Irving. He's being complimented by Vince Carter, one of the great slam dunk champions of all time. But its he's an Instagram star. It's not Instagram star weekend. It's all-star weekend. So you're not going to save the slam dunk contest with Instagram stars dunking. So congratulations to him, but that is not the direction the league needs to be going. Yeah, look, he had a hell of a weekend because he not only won the slam dunk contest, got himself a Puma contract as well in the process. All right. Uh, Mm -hmm. They're going to join us later in the show. Wendy, Vince, thank you very much. By the way, I want to tell you about our next ACC Big 12 Monday doubleheader. It's at 7 Eastern. You got Duke, Louisville, and then Jalen Wilson, 5th-ranked Kansas. They take on 27th-ranked TCU. Both games right here on ESPN and the app. All right, coming up, more football. Justin Fields showed those flashes of brilliance last season. But does Bryce Young have a chance to be an even bigger star? And what should the Bears do? We'll discuss on Get Up. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Listen, if you want to help people in areas affected by that earthquake in Turkey, including Syria, please visit redcross.org slash ESPN to help the Red Cross respond. Well, former NFL head coach and current ESPN analyst Rex Ryan, he interviewed Saturday for the Broncos defensive coordinator job. Now, sources told ESPN's Adam Schefter, Ryan's defenses with the Jets ranked in the top 10 in five of his six seasons as head coach there. Certainly a a feather in the cap in his favor when it comes to getting that position. So uh, I guess the first question, give me your reaction. This is the guy you hired as head coach. What do you think? Yeah, look, he is a creative problem solver well beyond the bluster and his reputation as a defensive genius. And a 
Quick story really shows that. We had a player in Ahmad Carroll who was a first-round bust. He was a corner that never made with Green Bay. A lot of pass interference calls, a lot of defensive holding. Well, Rex found out that he was a good blitzer. So we came up, his nickname was Batman. He came up with the Batman Blitz. So here was a guy that was on the streets, really under the radar, but became a really effective player for us. So I think Rex does an incredible job of creating meaningful relationships with players and then can impact them and get the most out of them. You, you play for Rex, what do you think? I love Rex. Rex is my guy. He's just he's so relatable to players. He knows like the bus, the buttons to push for players. And I just remember like all the times I used to be up in Rex's office and like we would like crack bids and just like just talk ball and you know just like, it was just like really good bonding time and stuff like that. But that's that's just an example of like how Rex kind of gets to players like one on one. And when you get when you build those type of relationships, guys buy in, guys play for you. So I'm, like I said, I'm a big Rex guy. All right, Jeff, what do you think? Well, I just, first of all, I know that Rex Ryan is only going to take this job uh, and leave his wonderful role uh, as a countdown analyst on Sundays if it is the perfect opportunity. He has made that very clear. So if he does, uh, if he does take this job, it's because he really believes in it. And by the way, it's, it's such a fascinating situation in Denver overall. I mean, Sean Payton already there, Russell Wilson there. Uh, Rex Ryan moving into that role would be something that would certainly catch the attention of that entire division. It brings up an interesting question because should we then expect a different Russ next season? Well, listen, you know, I, the, the, I look at Russell Wilson. Go ahead, Damon. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Go, Jeff. It's a standoff. Who's going to talk? All right, here's the deal. With Russell Wilson, I, I look at it all around the league, and I am a big believer in reclamation projects. I think that when we think of Nathaniel Hackett, uh, the unanimous take on him was that he wasn't ready to be a head coach. He wasn't necessarily equipped to run that offense. Uh, we look at that, and whether you like Hackett or not, it just didn't work. So I'm willing to give Russell Wilson a bit of a pass. I'm willing to say, look around the league, and whether it's Geno Smith in the place that he left, or Jared Goff in Detroit, or, heck, Matt Stafford to a certain degree with the Rams. There are reclamation projects every year. Daniel Jones with the Giants. Ryan Tannehill with the Titans. There's no reason that Russell Wilson can't also do it with the Denver Broncos. Okay, what do you think, boy? Yeah, no, listen, I think, I think it'll be interesting to see how he meshes with Sean Payton because when you think of Sean Payton down in New Orleans, you, thought, you, you think of, like, controlled passing attack. They also ran the football down in, in New Orleans uh, pretty well as well. So, Russell Wilson's strength in, in Seattle was – Throwing the ball downfield, he was one of the best deep ball throws we had in the National Football League. I think some of his athleticism has 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 you know has escaped him now. And I think now, okay, what type of quarterback, what type of passer is going to be in Denver moving forward? Is he going to be try to be that that same deep ball thrower, or is he going to be more like Drew Brees, the more controlled passing? more accurate type of guy. It's going to be interesting to see how that, how that unfolds. Since we're talking about quarterbacks, our next stop is Chicago, where the Bears, look, they have the top pick in the upcoming NFL draft. And one of the decisions, you know, Chicago have to make is whether to drop one of the top quarterbacks, having just taken Justin Fields a couple of seasons ago. In fact, five days ago, our draft analyst, Todd McShay, released his mock draft 2.0. He had the Bears not selecting a QB with the number one pick, but rather trading down with the Colts within, in, in Indy and using that top pick to select Alabama's Bryce Young. All right. Um, D. Wood, 
I mean, that, that's something here. What do you think it, for Chicago? What would you do? You got Justin Fields here. You got Bryce Young. What would you, what would you do? I would stay with Justin Fields. I, listen, I'll be the first to tell you, I think that Bryce Young is the better pure quarterback. I do. I think he has better passing skills than Justin Fields. But I think the elephant in the room is the size because it, really, it matters in the National Football League and, and durability matters in the National Football League. And anyone who's been around Bryce Young, and Mike T can attest to this, he's a very small guy. I know he's, you know he's done a lot of great things at Alabama, but in the National Football League, it's a different animal. We got big guys that run just as fast as faster than him. And when you're that size, I worry about can you handle the full workload of being available 17 games? That's a big deal for such a uh, you know, slight build type of quarterback. Mike T, I, I remember when Mina Kimes tweeted out a picture of her and Bryce Young not too long ago, and all of a sudden social media went crazy like, oh, that's how tall this guy is? You, super, the senior bowl is right up your alley. You spend a lot of time with him. What do you think? He's small, and I think he's going to be an exception. And uh, I think Todd McShay used this analogy first, which is I think he has Steph Curry in him, which is I think he has really – uh, good short area movement. I think he has really good flexibility. I think he's going to be a great passer, not a good passer. And over the next three to five years, guys, if we were sitting here, I think Bryce Young is going to be the better NFL quarterback than Justin Fields. Hmm. Taking nothing away from Justin Fields, I think he has a chance to be really special because of what he can do down the field with his accuracy. And Justin Fields' game has some holes in it. Hembo pointed this out last week. When you consider sacks, fumbles, and interceptions, Justin Fields has 140 of them over the last two years, and he's only playing 27 games. Now, that should get better. I'm not saying it won't, but I just think Bryce Young's ceiling is higher than that of Justin Fields. Do you think that is the case because of the offensive line, though, or just yeah. – and if that's the case, then, then you get, you're going to get a smaller quarterback yeah. behind that. You yeah. get this guy killed. And, Brian, that's totally fair. That was a factor in it, no question about it. And that will get better. We saw Jalen Hurts get better, Geno Smith, Josh Allen – Quarterbacks will get better, but when you have 140 of those negative plays, that's a lot. And when I look at Bryce Young, I think he has great fundamentals, great accuracy. Again, I wish he was bigger. I spent a good amount of time with him. You can't not – you, you just love him. Like, he is impeccable character, a great leader, and I would take him in Chicago and never look back, maximize a trade of Justin Fields, and move forward from there. Okay, so then, Jeff, let's go to you then on the Bears' decision here. If they yep. play out the scenario of trading down, let's talk about compensation. What, what, what could the Bears get? Well, I mean, just look, first of all, at what both Mike and Damien are saying here. Both sides making very rational arguments for either keeping Justin Fields or drafting Bryce Young. And that's what now the Bears have to consider. Uh, I can't get into exactly what the compensation will be because we don't know what teams will be bidding on that first overall pick. But say you do get both the Colts and the Texans trying to move up to number one. That's a dream scenario for Chicago. And that's likely what will cause them to go ahead and trade away that number one overall pick. But say only one of those teams decides that they've got the ammo to do it and suddenly the leverage no longer exists for the Bears. Now suddenly maybe they say, okay, what can we get for Justin Fields? Because to Mike T's point, you're starting the clock over on a new rookie deal with Bryce Young. So I think compensation for both, whether it's for that first overall pick and then for Justin Fields will go a long way in dictating what the Bears do. But certainly it, it is not as simple as the loyalty to Justin Fields. Let's just go ahead and keep him and trade the pick. They're going to have to do a lot 
of, of homework, a lot of conversations to figure out exactly what it is they'll get in return for either of those scenarios. All right, point well taken. Appreciate that, Jeff. All right, tonight, two of the top women's teams in the Pac-12, they square off a big one on ESPN2 and the app. You got number three, Stanford. They hold 16th-ranked UCLA at Maples Pavilion. And then coverage begins on that one at 9 Eastern, right after Oklahoma State and West Virginia men's basketball. All right, coming up, we got some huge news in the quarterback carousel. Derek Carr, his role in New York. And the Jets, are they better off with him instead of Aaron Rodgers? And what are they going to do? We're going to discuss that on Get Up. 